And we're back, coming to you live from the world-famous Top Dog Studios. It's Dave, host of Mindless Digital. And with our extra special guest and co-host, I've got Che with me, a.k.a. Dick Slappy. That's a new one. Dick Slappy. How's everybody doing? Yeah. But at work, we have a thing where we're just constantly giving each other uh, nicknames. So the one that they always call me is uh, Del Saco, which is uh, means of the sack. Oh, that sack? Yeah. But, I mean, like, when when we're out partying, we'll just, they'll just start chanting, Del, Del, Del. Or, like, uh, we call each other Diglett. Or, like, whenever we're like, hey, do you want to party tonight? Like, after work, and say, are you down to clown? It's just stupid stuff. Like, he'll just, or he calls me settable because he's like, man, if there's not one thing you're good at, it's making a mess. Yeah, he's calling you a pig? Yeah, well, I mean, in the height of, you know, when we're super busy, like, sometimes you don't have, like, if it's slow, then obviously there's no reason, no excuse for you not to have a uh, a clean workstation. But at the same time, like, Sometimes pasta is going to get spilled. You're flipping sauce, and sometimes you know there's going to be stains. And I mean, when especially we have a very small kitchen space, and I'm, you know, I'm chubby, so I'm constantly we're bumping into each other all the time trying to get across. And when we're busy, I'll be cooking up something on the saute, and somebody will have to come behind me and set up the plate. Like I'll set the plate up. Like we serve our salmon. Uh, with uh, in the middle of the plate, there's a square plate. In the middle, of, there's a mound of mashed potatoes, salmon on top, then uh, sautéed spinach on top of the salmon, uh, three little cherry tomatoes in three of the corners, and then you take three uh, pieces of asparagus, get a little grilled onion, make like a little teepee on top of it, right? So when they say, "Hey, I need a salmon setup," that means I got to stop what I'm doing, go get to, go get the plate put the mashed potatoes on top of it. Then the grill guy comes behind me, puts the salmon on it up while I'm sauteing the spinach. As soon as he puts that there, that means the spinach is ready. And, you know, sauteing a small amount of spinach only takes maybe 30 seconds, but you're going to get a lot of flare up. There's going to be a lot of hot oil going everywhere. And then I got to grab that, put that on top of the thing. And you're just bumping into each other all the time. And sometimes it's very easy to make a mess. And he's like, look at this set of the over here. I had I had salmon and sautéed spinach for dinner last night. I mean it's I mean it's a good accompaniment. I don't like spinach. I do like asparagus. So when I make myself when I make it for myself at work, I just I just do double double asparagus. Um, I love spinach, but I hate the fact that you buy a regular bag of spinach from the grocery store. And then you put that in the pan and saute it, and it, it shrinks down. It's so small, just yeah. To it, just to this little serving, and it's like, yeah. What happened to all my so, spinach? Here's what you can do. This is what I used to do at another restaurant: is just take regular spinach in a big serving bowl, and get hot oil with garlic in it. Just saute garlic in oil, and a little bit of seasoning, and then wait, like let it cool down to where it's just barely warm. And then just kind of like ladle that over the spinach, and it'll just wilt it and won't cook it. Mm. So it doesn't it doesn't get like it'll get you'll get it the flavor and it get kind of wilted, but it doesn't get that dark green where it's just all like it, the leaf this big goes to like a leaf 
uh, like this big. So you're tossing your spinach? Basically, tossing your spinach. Tossing your spinach. Awesome. Gotta try that. Gotta try that. Hey, I got a sponsor. I know you got those big. You got a sponsor? Who is it? I do. I do. Uh, so I'm gonna give him a shout out. This is second time, second time I've talked about him on the show. So, uh, you can find him on Instagram at 33 on the third. His name is Jesse Alexander. Oh yeah, I remember. Yeah, he's one of Adrian's friends and he has this, uh, t-shirt line. Um, and it's 33 on the third because, uh, uh, we're here in Houston. We're, we're considered third coast, right? You got West Coast, yeah. you got East Coast, and then you got Third Coast if you're born from Houston. And so it's basically a clothing line, T-shirts, and other accessories that are influenced by the Houston culture and stuff like that. So, uh, uh-huh. you know, like, um, what is what is that? Uh, chopped and screwed, and then... Um, That'd be you know, someone. Yeah, you, you know, I, he hasn't come up with the shirt like that yet, and but he should. And then, um, you know, those spinners that those guys put on, on those cars that stick yeah, out the, about the three spokes. feet. Yeah, yeah. He, he, he made the shirt with that on there. And I had talked to him and he was going to tell, uh, make me a, uh, fuck Ted Cruz t-shirt. So. If I pay him well, enough, I hope he gives me like, uh, uh, what's it, what's it? What's that? Uh, fuck Beto shirt. Hell oh, yeah. Too, yeah. Yeah. Fake um, ass Mexican. He's not even Mexican. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. He's fake. That's what I'm saying. It's fake Mexican. No, he's not even fake. Fake is, is the one that, that, uh, well, I mean, he was born in El Paso and he is fluent, so, you know. That's still, but I mean, it's like, I mean, that's if, if he people more like. Spanish call, than you, though. That's fine, but the dudes, like, but he's still not Mexican. This dude, like, those dudes can hang out, white dudes can hang out in the wood, in, in the hood, and then, like, does that in mean it's okay for the, for the N-word? You know what I mean? Like, like, they can have a black girlfriend and everything, and then talk all hood, but that don't make them black. What's worse? You still ain't black, dude. Uh, you're, you're a wigger. Uh, what, what's what? What's worse? A white guy that, uh, speaks Spanish and thinks he's Mexican? Or a Mexican that doesn't speak Spanish. Um. Well, one of them sometimes like you don't really have control over one or the other. Like this dude, it, the the white guy that speaks Spanish. There's there's really not a worse thing. I mean, because I mean, if anything, people would be like, well, "Why didn't your parents teach you Spanish?" Or like, "Well, your parents like y'all didn't speak Spanish to us growing up. It was always English." So it's like. I didn't know anything really until I went to school and had to take Spanish classes. So I don't know. Ask yourself that. <laughs> mm. Y'all would use Spanish to talk to each other without us knowing what you're saying. It was like a code. Yeah, but again, I was in the same boat as you were, where I wasn't really taught Spanish, even though it was spoken around me, because whenever I tried speaking it. I was ridiculed because I didn't speak it right. Even though when I was young, and I know we've, I've covered this before, even though when I was growing up, uh, Spanish was the primary language. But then when I went to school, for some reason I stopped speaking Spanish, forgot it, stuck to English, and then had to go back and relearn Spanish 
on my own because uh, my parents didn't do a whole lot of trying to t- for, to try to teach me Spanish. I I speak way more Spanish now. I think just from like have not having to, but just I mean, I listen to more Spanish. I watch a lot of Spanish TV shows, and uh, I've worked with some people who didn't speak very good English. So, we, like the guy I work with, uh, our fry cook Jose, he's on our fryer station. He, I mean, this dude's from Veracruz, and like he tells a story about how. The first time he saw a tractor, him and his brother started throwing spears at it because they were hunting. They would hunt with spears, not a, guns. He said they didn't know what it was. And they tried, like, they tried to fight a tractor because they, they thought it was a giant monster or something in the, in the woods. And yeah. like for real. And he, I mean, this guy grew up, his dad worked on a cattle ranch, some rich guy in Mexico who had a cattle ranch. Like I'm talking, we're talking thousands of acres, and he would have houses for other people. They don't pay rent, pay them low wages, but they give them a house to live. They don't pay any bills or whatever, and like dirt floor, no indoor plumbing, you know that kind of shit. That's how he grew up, and then he came to America. I mean, he's only like 41, 42. Uh, he's been here since he was about 20 something years, but like he. He speaks English, but he can't read it. So sometimes when he's looking at tickets on Mondays when it's just me and him working, I have to like, he'll just stare at it and try and like, I'll have to read it and tell him like, this is, this is okay. They want, they want a chopped sirloin, but no onions. They want a, he's like, this steak is cooked medium rare or something like that. Like he, he, he can kind of understand, but he, he, the little details and stuff he doesn't get. So sometimes when we're prepping or we're working, I'll ask him like, "How do you say this? Or this is does this work?" Or so when it's just me and him interacting, a lot of times I try to speak Spanish to him just so I can kind of learn more. And he'll tell me if I'm right or wrong, but it's mostly just talking shit or dirty stuff. <laughs> like it's really just us all the stuff saying be dumb shit. Doing? Yeah. yeah, like yeah, and like he uh we'd make like stupid songs or whatever out of like obscene phrases and that's just kind of what we do to pass the time i mean there's really not much to do whenever it's slow because some days like yesterday we didn't have anything for the first we didn't really even start having tables till 6 30 then everybody shows up so then we're busy until nine yeah it's funny that you mentioned that that conversation about how uh, you have to help this guy because he can't read too well. Because I was talking to Adrian and Julian the other day. We were coming back from lunch, and uh, I think this was Thursday. <clears throat> and uh, he was talking about some guy at his job that speaks Spanish, and he can read in Spanish, but he can't read in English. And so he has trouble with this, the t- reading the tickets as well. And so they kind of have to translate for him. And I was like, well, why don't you just kind of draw pictures, read, you know, hieroglyphics or something, you know, so that he doesn't have to try to read in English. He could just go by the pictures. I'd take way too much time. I can't imagine. Buffalo sauce, ranch dressing, honey butter, whatever. Just a steak. Oh, man. I can't imagine uh having to take every ticket and especially when you got those big tickets where it's 
18 people. It's like, and that's, it's, it's such a, like a, anybody who's ever worked in a restaurant, that ticket machine haunts you in your dreams. It's like, and it's like, it's like, all right, please stop. stop. No, it's a long one. They, they yeah. hate that sound because it, it just annoys them and, and they, they hear yeah. it in their sleep too because it's, it's such I mean, a, yeah, it is. It's, yeah. It's, it's anxiety so inducing. Like last night we did our normal routine, but I'm not drinking. So I'm at the normal bar that I'm usually at with my buddies with the same amount of people, but like I'm not talking. I just have this anxiety. I'm just kind of like, I'm, I'm quiet. I'm just like on my phone. I'm not talking to anybody unless they talk to me first. And this girl, she messaged me. She said she saw me last night. And she she texted me today. She's like, hey, how come you didn't say hi last night? And I was like, I'm sorry. I was just kind of in my own world, like just drinking water and watching UFC and kind of like just, you know, doing my own thing. And I just realized, I'm like, man, like when I'm actually in it, anxious situation when I'm in a very high stake situation I feel more relaxed and calm than when I'm in a relaxed and calm environment so you stop drinking um pretty much yeah well legally I'm supposed to uh and I have a meeting coming up on Tuesday so it's just nice to kind of get everything out of your system plus I mean in this industry, it's just really easy to kind of fall into a pattern of you're doing the same things every single night. Yeah, and it's really it's right easy there. to, yeah, it's right there. I don't have to pay for it at my restaurant. And then once they close down, I can go right across the street. There's another bar. And then, and I have all these friends that I made through that place. And it, you're constantly, it, it's like a comfort zone of like, Hey, this is, this is just what we do. You know, we work, we want to get off work then we go have a drink with their friends. And then you're out till two, you get home at three thirty, you oh and then you go buy beer before you, they won't stop. So then you have beer to drink at home to continue to drink. Before you know it, it's five AM and you're still up and you're on YouTube watching cooking videos and then I'm like, Shh, I need to go to sleep and then I wake up at one o'clock and then I do it all over again. You know what I mean? This is not, doesn't leave much time for cleaning your room or Getting an oil change in your car or just daily errands or eating. I usually don't even eat until I leave for work. I go to HEB and get like a tuna sandwich and, a, and, a, and an energy drink. And that's what I live off of until I get like a snack at the end of the shift. Oh, you should try if you go to HEB to pick up lunch or stuff uh, or just something to uh, eat on. Have their – you like turkey, right? Yeah. They have their tur- turkey salad. They have this this uh, cranberry turkey salad. It's the best. It's the I'll best. try it out. I'm getting tired of chicken salad, tuna salad, and stuff. So, and uh, I'll get their salads and stuff. But I mean, I don't. I'll get I'll get like certain things that I know that we don't have at the restaurant, and then I'll just like because if I want a salad, I can just go to the salad station and make a salad for myself. So I'll just get like those tuna pouches or whatever, like the flavored tunas. Like the spicy yeah, ones or whatever. Not a big fan of tuna. Not, I love tuna. Not, not out of the can. I'll take a tuna. Steak. Well, it's not uh, from the. Well, it's not from the can. It's like these pouches that are that are already yeah, like marinated, like the sriracha stuff, or uh, whatever. 
But still, to me, it's the same. It, to me, it's, it's just like something that I can just slap on there and to go. I was meal prepping for a little bit, but it kind of got away from me. Uh, just because we've had a lot of, like some big nights, big bands. Uh, and then on Sunday, when I'm supposed to be meal prepping, I just don't want to get out of bed till like four or five. And then by then I'm like, okay, well, I haven't eaten anything. So, like it's already the evening. So now I got to go to HEB and like I usually grill because we have a grill at the house. So usually on Sundays and Tuesdays, my days off, I'm always grilling, which is kind of weird to know, like my whole life, every night I'm cooking. I guess it's like I, I do it for a living and then on my days off, it's like, you'd think I'd want to get order a pizza or something like that. But I'm like, nah, what can I make for myself? Because honestly, like, I don't even really get to eat that much for myself because by the end of the night, I'm so tired. I don't even want to, I'll, I'll just be like, just give me a piece of chicken. Or I'll just, like, eat some chicken and rice or something like that. Because then, like, we'll go party. So it's like I need to eat something now so I don't, you know, you know screw myself up. But, yeah, sometimes, like said, sometimes the, the, the most basic of meals is the best. Yeah. But also, I've been having, like, really bad acid reflux issues to where, like, if I don't eat, it'll come up and then I'll start, like, gagging where I need to throw up. Because there's nothing in my stomach except for the acid. So it's like shit. So like I, when I have time, I'll remember I'll get a little cup of rice or I'll get a little bit of like, like crackers or something like that. Or, or I'll ask Christina, the salad girl, said, Hey, can you make me a quick salad? Or sometimes she has them out and you can just grab it. And I was like, Hey, I'm going to take this. And you just eat like a little salad like when you can. But sometimes like prime time is 6.30 to 8.30. That's prime time. Like it, it, some, even on slower days, that's if we're going to get hit, that's when we're going to get hit. So, and like if I eat right before work, around two, two thirty, so then by seven thirty, eight thirty, my stomach is hungry, but I'm too busy to even eat. So you're just chugging water. I got myself one of those big, like Yeti looking uh, cups. I think you saw it, that yellow one I had. I just put only water in that thing. And then by the end of the night, I'm just throwing tap water. So it's like I'm basically living off water. I don't know how I haven't lost much weight yet. It's probably, I probably will now that I'm not drinking. Uh, yeah. But it's, it's like a, and then I, I'll come home sometimes and then I'll like make something to eat. I'll make like eggs or something. I'm like, I shouldn't be eating this late. And it sucks is that that taqueria, the one I was telling you about, that one right there off of the, uh, the main drag here in Wharton, it's so good. And then every day I'm like, I'm going to go, I'm going to give you some breakfast tacos. And every, out of every day that I've been saying that for three weeks, I've only gone twice. I've only been able to get up early enough. To go yeah, that's probably a good thing. Place. Probably. I don't know, but they are good. They are good. There's something about breakfast tacos. That's, that's the only time I like tacos is breakfast tacos. <laughs> well, we're going to go ahead and switch up the Switch, before we before we do that, I was just just I'm sorry. I just came from a crawfish boil. It was crawfish, shrimp, crab legs, sausage, potatoes, corn, all that stuff. So I'm sitting pretty like full right now. But yeah, let's move on from food because now I'm starting to get hungry again. Uh, okay, no more food talk. All right, uh, I, I put down a couple of topics actually four. Yeah. So we're gonna go to the first one. So. Um, earlier you mentioned, uh, anxiety and stuff like that. Uh, have you ever, have you ever, um, 
uh, applied at a job and they, they'll take your application and then they'll tell you to, uh, follow this link and they're gonna, they wanna do an assessment. You have to take an assessment yeah. test. Okay. Yeah. You know, those are, those are personality tests, right? Yeah. So when they're asking you questions, cause it's usually, uh, it, on one end of the answer spectrum, it's, uh, totally agree or to mostly agree. Agree. Yeah. Mostly agree. And then neutral and then disagree. It's like strongly, strongly disagree or strongly agree. And then, yeah. Right. Right. So when you're answering those questions, do you answer them honestly, honestly to you, or do you answer them the way you think that employer wants you to answer them? I used to, I used to do what I think they wanted, but now I do as honestly as possible because I've realized, um, you know, I've faked my way, not faked my way, but I've finessed my way into certain, not just jobs, but situations that I had no business being there. And it's like shit, like that's a, a big anxiety of like when you, you're like, oh my god, I actually got it. Now I actually have to, to yeah. perform and be now consistent and actually now you have, now I have to live up to the standard of what they think. So I'd rather them pass on me than me have to do that again. You know what I mean? And that's why once again, like not to talk about food, but like when you work in the cooking industry, they'll give you what's known as a stage. Well, they'll, they'll, They'll say, okay, you come in, we'll pay you for cash for the day, and if you meet our standard, we'll hire you. If you don't, you know, shake hands and leave admirable. You know what I mean? Yeah. So I wish yeah. every job that. I um I had a interview. I applied at this uh one company, and uh, it's still in the medical field, but it doesn't do with direct patient care. It's more of like uh, clinical trials and research, right? And, um, but it's still involved with imaging. And so I, I applied, they called me and they set up a phone interview. So we did a phone interview and it was, I want to say it was 40, about 45 minutes on the phone. It's like, cool. And then like two weeks later, two and a half weeks later, I get an email saying, Hey, we want to bring you in for an interview. When would be a good time? So I gave them a couple of dates and they said, okay, this date works for all of us. And I was like, okay. And, uh, the follow-up email says, your, um, here's your itinerary for, for the, for the, uh, interview. It starts at nine and ends at four. From nine a.m. to four p.m. Lunch will be provided. And, uh, I looked at the itinerary and it was broken down. I would be meeting from like nine to ten thirty. I was going to meet with the, uh, with the person that I, I, if I've hired, I would be directly, uh, uh, would be directly, um, answering to. And then every session after that, I was meeting with someone from a different department all the way through till four o'clock. Some of them were virtual, uh, interviews and some of them were, uh, face to face interviews. And man, when I left there at four o'clock, it was like, Oh my gosh, I'd never talked so much. My head was spinning. It, I, I was wore out. I was wore out. And then on top of that, and then on top of that, she says, okay, uh, we've got, cause I asked her, like, when are you guys gonna make a decision? Said, well, 
we'd like to have someone in place or a decision made um, by the end of the month. I was like, okay, so that's like in two weeks. It's like, all right. So they still had some more interviews. And she says, but I'm going to send you an email with some homework. And I want you to look over and answer the questions, answer, you know, do the, do the assignment. It's basically two separate projects and I'm supposed to answer questions and set up a protocol. I was like, okay. So it's like, even though I'm done with that, what, seven hour, uh, interview, I still, my interview is still going because I've got homework that I have to turn in by next Friday and uh, that's going to be part of the assessment. So. Yeah, it's like, uh, talking about ongoing anxiety. I would have said, fuck that. That's just why I love my job is because I don't have to do that. Like, when you said create a protocol for something, I'm, I, that, that is, that scares me. I'm like, and nope, don't want to do that. Don't. Mm-mm, mm-mm. Anytime I have uh, to answer, an, I had, anytime I have to answer an email, even write an email for anything, even just for like Layla's teacher. Just asking her a question. I'm just like, I don't want to do this. I don't want to do this. I don't want to do this. I hate any kind of clerical. Any, that scares me. I don't know how you do that every day, all day. Uh, it's just part of the job. Just come to learn how to do it and, you know, it's accept it. Um, but the reason I brought that up was because I, I saw this uh, special on Netflix. It's called Persona, the Dark Truth Behind Personality. I don't know if you've seen it. And if you have no. it, you need you need to check it out because it talks about this the, these personality tests that that these companies use for hiring, and uh, uh-huh. they focus on this one guy um, at the very beginning. And I don't want to do a spoiler, but anyway, the guy finds out uh, he he applies at this job at this pharmacy that his friend is working. And uh, it, like weeks go by, he doesn't hear back from him. So then he runs into his friend. He goes, hey, you know, I, I haven't heard back from uh, your boss, I said, from the guy I interviewed with. It's like, it's, am I still under consideration or what? And he says, oh, my, oh no, man, uh, you didn't get the job. You got red flagged. It's like, what do you mean? He says, well, there was a couple of questions that, that the way you answered it, it caused a red flag. And and I forgot the, what 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 they were referring to exactly, but you know it was something that it had to do with customer service that he might not be the type of person to be able to deal with these types of uh, scenarios or situations. So uh, because of that, they counted him out, and this guy spiraled into this like a depression and stuff. And then it it just goes on and it talks about how people use these personality tests and and the answers and how, you know, they have a a certain perception of the type of individual that they would hire or would consider hireable and would overlook people for this or for that. But just because someone answers a question the way most other people would answer it doesn't necessarily mean that they couldn't do that job, you know. It's just they're just giving you an honest answer. So that's why I'm saying it's like you, you if you look at specific questions, it's like, well, this is what I would do, but 
you know, because you have to think about it. Are you talking about overall with these questions or are you talk, just talking about in the workplace? You know, how does this apply? And it, it's, it's kind of unfair. And that, that was the whole thing about it. it was like they were talking about how these tests were unfair. And the, there's a couple of different personality tests, but the one that's used most often was designed by this mother who basically used her daughter as a lab rat and created this test. It's weird. You got to watch it just to, just to see it. I, I highly recommend it because it was good. And I usually don't sit through shows like that. Um, but this one, I watched it all the way through without interruption. So you should check it out. It's called Netflix. Or it's called Persona, the Dark Truth Behind Personality Tests. Interesting. It's kind of messed up that she just used her daughter. So basically, like, what if her daughter was a shitty person? You know what I mean? Like, what if her daughter just sucked? Or conversely, if she was, like, someone who is, I don't know, who you would consider exceptional at things, like, you know, she was just a good person, so then she's, she's using her as a standard for something who would be she desirable. I don't and the thing about the the thing about the the mom was she had no like educational background she had no no formal educational training in psychology sociology or anything like that that would qualify someone that would do that type of research she just well then how did how did that how did what how did she, that even become an, like an accredited test or well, something that any kind the of daughter the daughter ended up uh, taken once the daughter became an adult, she went to college and took the mom's notes and everything, and then kind of like fine tuned it. And I, I, I'd have to wa- rewatch it. I can't remember how it was introduced or how it was uh, actually applied um, at the very, you know, the very first time. But she, the daughter, was the one that kind of picked up the research and all the data and information. And tweak it and then put it to use. That's weird. That yeah. scares me. That, it, well, see, that's what, like with COVID and everything, it's like, you just all, everything everybody realizes that you can't, I don't trust, I, I don't trust anything anymore. Like, you're telling me this, this is the numbers, but then we find out this is inflated, and most of these people died from other different things, and they just happen to have something and then, the, you know, vaccines and it's just, I know it's not the same thing, but just the fact that somebody can just decide they're going to come up with this test and then, you know, like you said, with no background in any kind of scientific, I mean, she's not a doctor, she's not a professor, she's just some lady who had too much time on her hands. Basically, yeah. So you haven't been vaccinated? Hell nah. You gonna get vaccinated? Hell nah. Why not? Freedom. First off, I don't wear condoms. You don't think I'm gonna get a vaccination? I didn't wear masks unless well, somebody don't would help stop you for me. COVID. I I know, but for anything, you're like that's just the through line of my logic. I'm not gonna. Hell no. I won't trust any of them. I, you know what so I'm basically, no. so basically, so basically, you're, 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 you're telling um, me, hell, I haven't gotten any STDs, 
So what makes you think I'm gonna get COVID? Yeah, I'm raw. I'm raw dogging it. I'm raw dogging life straight. Like I said before, Actually, like no, no anxiety medication, no depression pills, no COVID vaccines, no masks, no condoms. Just raw dogging life out here. Uh, you know, so just trying to trying to do good old fashioned self actualization and discipline. Trying to be like, okay, yeah, this is a problem. You gotta take care of it. What leads to this I, problem? Yeah. I just dated myself. I said STDs. Now they're referred to as STIs. STIs. Infections yeah. as opposed to diseases. When did they decide to switch that over? Does that, is that a marketing thing to like to get rid of the stigma? Cause I know, I remember I, I mentioned this was a couple think, years ago. I think it changed. I think it changed when, uh, they started coming up with all this medication for, uh, HIV. So that they could, uh, they could maintain, um, and prolong life. I think that's what it is. That well, way, cause I remember, I, well, no, you said you dated yourself, but I remember when I was in high school, which was shit, less, less than 15 years ago was, I mean, I went 13 years ago. Yeah. I was in high school and I remember still hearing STD. Yeah. And not too long after that was when it, when it changed, but I mean, that space, that could possibly be it. Cause that, that's what I could say. Cause you know, how back in the eighties, early nineties, you had a lot of people dying off because, you know, um, HIV just took it to the next level and they had full blown AIDS. And they were just dropping left and right. And now, you know, here's, here's another thing that I noticed though, is like what I was going to say a minute ago was, uh, I, I remember being at work one time at my old restaurant. This is back 2019. Yeah, 2019. And, uh, I said something about going to get, uh, you know, this, you know, uh, a STI test. Be like, yeah, I'm clean. And this girl goes, ew, why do you need to take a test? What kind of bitches you be fucking with? And I'm like, I, I think that's responsible. Like, why are you going to shame me for trying to make sure that I'm good? You know what I mean? Like, like, why would I, like, she's, I mean, she's just one of those chicks who's been with the same guy for so long, like, since high school. So she's just like, like, why would you, y'all are out here, like, being nasty, whatever. But, like, I'm like, you're shaming me for trying to be sexually responsible? I mean, like I said, not too responsible, because I already said I don't use condoms. But, I mean, if I'm not going to use condoms, I should at least know my status. You know, know whether or not I get something that way I can, you know, get it taken care of and not spread anything to anyone else. You know what I mean? I mean, like, I'll take a COVID test, but I ain't getting a COVID vaccine. You know, I haven't got the, I haven't got the vaccine either. I'm not gonna. You, it, it, it's just that just fucking crazy 1984 vibes. You know me, I'm anti-socialist, anti-communist, anti-government control. So. You know, the way that they're trying to give these people COVID passports and it's just, it's just, it's crazy to me. And this is like, you call me, call me a conspiracy theorist all you want, but this is exactly what people like Alex Jones and all these people who have been saying is like, but this is going to be a thing. Like the more power we give up, the more that they're going to take. It's like you give them an inch to take a mile. It's like, what if, like, imagine there's this whole group of people and they're like, what if we create this this disease and see how much we can get away with? See how far we can push this. 
Uh-oh, so there you go, with creating the diseases. Oh, I've 100%. It's definitely created in a lab, for sure. HIV was and definitely created a disease. AIDS was definitely created in a lab. Whether it was, whether it was, it was. It was created were in a lab to be given to the monkey and then sent out into the public to humans? No, but I mean, <laughs> Dave Chappelle said it best. He's like, people say that it became from some dude fucked a monkey and then had sex with a human. He's like, nah, dude, you're fucking a monkey. You're out of the human pussy game forever. They're like, hey, come on, man, let's go get some hoes at the club. He's like, nah, man, just chill in my lab and hang with my monkey. Like, that's not not a thing. Like, um, which I mean, it makes a good point. But what I'm saying, but to finish my point is like whether or not these diseases were um, created, contracted for people, oh. like on purpose, or whether it was a lab. They they said it came from Wuhan, China. There was a lab in Wuhan, China that was doing experiments. And somebody could have came home contaminated, and then that started it. But it was definitely, it's not just something that just happened, I don't think. It was something, somebody was creating it as a way of a biological weapon. Somebody would say, oh, China was creating this to hurt us, and blah, 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 blah. They knew that Americans weren't going to take it seriously, and it was going to spread, and it was going to hurt us financially, and which it has, you know, like economically, yeah, and, you know, it. it uh, but it hurt them as well. It hurt them as well, but they don't care. They hurt their people all the time. Like that, like when we look at like all the protests in time in uh, like Hong Kong and like this shit that they do to each other. Like their government is full on, like straight up. Like I mean, people talk about the U.S. government, but like Chinese government, legitimately, they everyone knows it. They are completely oppressive to their people. You know, they have they have Muslim refugees. They're locked in cages. Even worse conditions that ICE has, you know, immigrant people locked in cages, and they're creating a whole genocide of different, you know, uh, like different race people. Like there's these uh, Muslims that are that are in China that are just completely being genocided by by the government, and nobody says anything. You know what I mean? Like, and oh no, we're the bad guys. You know what I mean? It's just yeah, we're we're the ugly Americans. Yeah, we're the ugly Americans. It's just easy to, it's like all these fat, stupid, ugly Americans and then it's, then it's not that one thing and then it's the guns or then it's, we're always the bad guy. You know what I mean? It's, it's always going to be us. You know, I think just because we've been up our own asses for so long, but people like, I saw this girl on Twitter who was complaining about getting out of a ticket. Or getting out, or her registration was out or something. And she was like, this cop literally let me go because I'm a white woman. And to think that if I was a black or brown man, he would have shot me. And I'm like, shut up, shut up. She's like, I seriously fucking hate this country. She's like, shut, shut up, shut up. Take your blessing and just go on about your day, Martha. Just shut up. Like, shut up. And it's like, okay, cool. And some Saudi, like in Saudi Arabia, you get, you get beaten to death with a giant rock because you're a woman driving a car. So. I thought, you know, I thought they had that. rights now and they could drive. Saudi Arabia is a sketchy one. That's what they say. Iran was a, was a, Iran and Iraq. But I mean, there's, there's bordering ones where it's not as bad. Iran, what's crazy is like back in the seventies, Iran, like, was very progressive, especially with women, for, especially for like a Muslim country. 
they were very progressive, but I, I forgot what political event happened uh, to where they got really strict and really hardcore. Uh, I don't want to say jihadist because that just sounds like a stupid fucking thing that word that, but I don't know. It just became more religiously restricted. But like in the late seven, mid to late seventies, like women were going to college and becoming, you know, working professionals and making, you know, and money independently of their husbands and stuff like that. And I can't remember. I have to look into it, but it's, it's just a. It was, it was the cocaine trails to, through Iran dried up. It might have. That could have, like the Iran culture, all that type of shit. Like, like a lot of the opium that comes into America comes in through there. A lot of guys, like, and they put it in movies, and sometimes I feel like Hollywood puts certain things in movies so that whenever people get caught doing it for real, it's not that big a deal. It's kind of desensitized you, because, like, there's been a lot of movies or, like, TV shows where, like, these guys were, like, ex, like, you know, ex-military from, like, Afghanistan, and they were, you know, using their connections for there to become, like, to sell, you know, opium and heroin from, to traffic it. They were, you know what I mean? And, but then you read about it. It's like, oh, that actually happened. Like this is, they just, this isn't just a movie. You know what I mean? That actually has happened where like ex military groups have been arrested and, or been caught. And some people not even get arrested doing shit like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, I don't know. It's just crazy. Like, that's why I tried to tell, like, well, I was telling you, is like, I really don't try to, like, I used to troll people a lot, but I don't want to anymore. Like, I don't want to. And I was like, especially after COVID, I was like, man, the world's fucking ugly. It's ugly enough without me telling somebody that their favorite band sucks. You know what I mean? It's like, it's ugly. The void is big enough. I don't need to throw my two cents into it. So I was like, you know what? If I don't like something, I'm just going to keep my mouth shut or I'll make a joke or I'll post something I like. I'm not going to do that shit anymore. I'm not going to waste my time getting to Twitter arguments or being like nowhere. It gets, it gets me nowhere. And my ex-wife used to say it all the time. She's like, why do you care? And I was like, I I don't know know why I care. And even now in person, I don't really get, I don't, I don't really get, he did over anything anymore. Like, where was that? Was it not last night or the night before? You know, we were doing our usual rounds. We were at Sunnyside, and there's this one guy who's kind of an ass, and he just says shit. And we were talking about music, and I was like, ah, oh, well, you know, like, I don't really like Kurt Cobain and Nirvana. It doesn't really do it for me, you know. And uh, I said that I thought Alice in Chains was a better band overall. And he just, he just stood up and said, what? And he got all, like, offended trying to, like, speak and then also it started like i was just kind of listening until one thing that i hate is that when somebody's trying to like hold court in a conversation about something they don't know anything about or not that they don't know maybe they know a little bit but then they'll start stating um uh a false truth like well, they'll just say start saying these things that aren't true like he was talking about that famous uh, Nirvana Unplugged episode where he played Where Did You Sleep Last Night? It's an old blues song from this guy named Lead Belly. And he was like, man, nobody knew that song before before Kurt Cobain played it. And I was like, that's actually not true because Kurt Cobain's friend, Mark Lanigan from the Screaming Trees, which was also a Seattle grunge band, 
he put that there was a single on his first solo album and Kurt Cobain sang uh background vocals in that song. So like yeah, other people knew about it. Yeah, it was just a thing. And he was like, No, that's not true. And I was like, I literally Googled it and I showed it to him. So he's just kinda like and I don't a lot of times like if somebody wants to be an asshole, I'll just let them talk. But one another thing I've learned is like I'm not gonna speak on things that I don't know anything about. Like I love I love music and movies. Like I can you know you know me, I can tell you you'd always ask me like who's that actor who did this? And like and for some reason I would remember. Uh like I, I can speak on stuff like that and I'll know like little like nerdy Easter egg things it's like, Oh, that's actually a callback to this old joke that this guy used to say. So it's like oh like people who know they know. And for that, I can talk about soccer. I can break down like boxing or combat sports. Uh, certain things like guitar stuff sometimes, but I, I'm not going to sit and talk about golf. Like try and break down technical aspects of golf. I'm not going to try and start a conversation and about it like I know what I'm talking about. I would never do that. You know, like I'm not that person. So like I'll when I golf. see somebody doing I'll it, I play golf, but I, I I don't do that either. I don't know if enough about it. I don't know if enough of it technically or the history yeah. or well, I'm talking a lot about of the big names. Yeah. Well, I'm I'm just saying those topics that I mentioned are things that I know that I could like if I had to teach a class on it, I could. I feel like I could. I feel like I could be a boxing trainer because I watch so much. Like I don't think I could be a boxer, professional boxer, but I think I could teach somebody and help somebody train. Uh, I could break down and help somebody understand the game of soccer. I can help somebody understand, like, we, we play this game, like, when we're hanging out after hours at work, and my boss will get drunk, and he'll be like, alright, Eastside, it's time. And he'll get his phone, and he'll cover it, and he'll pick a genre or a time period, and he'll put it on shuffle, and I have to guess the artist. And, Usually I can, I'm, I'm like at, I'm sitting at about an 85 percentile within the first 30 seconds of the song. And he's just like, how did you, how do you get it? How do you, how? like just blow, uh, he likes to get drunk and then just like, he's like, all right, do the trick. This is like, this is like my party trick. Like, especially if it's like in the 70s you're the or David, 80s. You're the David Blaine of that game. Yeah, yeah. It's like a bunch of black guys come out of nowhere like, oh, he, he a demon. Now, it's, it's, it's kind of like a weird special power that they're like, Brent, the bartender, he's like, dude, we should take him to, we should make money off of him. I was like, what do you mean make money off? He's like, dude, we could take you to Vegas and I guarantee there's people we could win money off of to do this. Oh, hell yeah, they would bet on that. Yeah, well, I mean, those two guys are degenerate gamblers. I don't know. Like I'm, I'm. I feel like I have enough vices. I'm so happy that gambling is not one of them. Because now I, like, I make a decent amount of money, and I'm just, you know, I'm saving it for future things. But like sometimes, they, it, like, they love all sports, so they're like, "Hey, dude, my buddy in Vegas is hundred bucks. If this happens, you win like five hundred tonight, and they will get your cash tonight." And I'm like, "Oh, oh. like the Notre Dame Clemson game, I would have won." Five hundred dollars if I would have put, if I would have put the money on, and I would I would have won it, but I chickened out at the last minute. I was just like, but I still I'm I'm okay I can't now. With that money, I know I can't do it either. 
But these guys will play down. cards and lose lose like five thousand dollars a night. <clears throat> How do you do that? Thank you. That gives me anxiety. I don't even like playing pool. Like I'll go with my friends to a pool hall and I won't even play. But I'll just put on the jukebox and like just chill and hang out and talk shit. Like I don't even want to play. Like today they're playing a uh, cornhole, which is hilarious. Yeah. Hilarious to me that they I've call. Play, it I've, I've, yeah, I've played that with the kids. I, it's not, it's 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 fun. You know, and that's the thing is like uh, games like that, especially like at a bar like pool or darts or anything like that. If I'm gonna play it in a bar where people are drinking liquor, I want to play it for fun. I'm not gonna get competitive because then. You got somebody that's been taking too many shots, been drinking too many drinks or beers, and yeah. it, it gets real serious right right away. And it's like that's yeah. the last thing I want to do is having to yeah. get put in a corner where I got to, you know, uh, fight my way out of it. It's like nah, nah, nah. This is gonna be for fun if I'm gonna do it. I'd rather, and that's how I'd rather just been. watch not, somebody play and drink and listen to the the jukebox in the background than actually yeah. participate. Yeah, I'm more of a I, – I have gotten competitive, and I will sometimes. Maybe pool sometimes. I just know that I'm not very good. But there have been times where I'll play good, and I'll get some confidence. and be like, oh, hell yeah, and I'll just keep going with it. But, like, my buddies, they'll play pool every night. And, like, one of my friends, he is so obsessed where every night he's like, we shouldn't stick tonight. We should stick. And he's like, dude, I'm going to buy my own pool. Like, he's obsessed with getting better at it. And that's cool. It's cool to get obsessed with things, but like I'm not like. So for me, it's not fun to play with him because like I don't care. Like I was like, if I lose, eh, whatever I lost, I'm not gonna put any money on it. I'm not even mad if I lose. I have no expectations. I'm just just hitting the ball with a stick. For me, you know, something to pass All the right. time. <clears throat> All right. So you like playing games? What is this? Is it, this is, you've, I'm sure you've done this. It's what would you rather, right? Yeah, so obviously. I need I need you to pick a number, one number between one and fifty. Forty-two. Forty-two. All right. Forty-two. All right. Would you rather? Would you rather? Oh, this is a perfect one for you. Get away with lying every time. Or always know that someone is lying. I'd rather always know that someone is lying. Why? Uh, because then you that for me that gives me more control. Because uh, I'd rather know more what someone else is thinking. I don't know. You know what I mean? Like, I'll I'll ask somebody a question. Oh, I thought you were gonna, gonna say something. They're lying. I don't like to lie. I don't like lying. No, I'm, I'm, I, I don't want to be a liar anymore. I tried, lately I've been trying. <laughs> I'm, re, I'm a retired liar. <laughs> yeah, I'm a retired liar. Uh, I'm, I'm re-liared. Uh, I'm re-liared. No, yeah, I don't, I don't want to, I just don't want to be that person who feels like they have to lie all the time. Cause like I said, through COVID and everything, I've been trying to get really, introspective and trying to like get to know myself better and know why I do the things that I do and why I feel certain ways and try and pe- treat people better. So one, I don't want to lie because I don't want that bad energy 
I don't want to feel like I got away with something, which used to, I used to love. Like that's when I say like we used to cheat. I was like, hell yeah, I got away with that. Like I don't want to have to. I don't want that feeling anymore. You know what I mean? So I would rather know when someone's lying to me because then I can know whether I trust them or not. And it would make life a lot easier, I think, yeah. for me. Because then I would know it would teach me more about who to who to keep around, like who's a true friend and like who really cares about me. Yeah. All right. Pick a, pick another number. Seven. All right. Would you rather have someone secretly give you LSD on a random day and time once every six months or have everyone in the world all take LSD at the same time once every five years? Uh, I would probably do it. I would probably me do that because when you say everyone, I'm thinking of my children and I'm like, I don't want my kids to be on LSD. I'd rather take the burden away. You know what I mean? I have two friends who have been really trying to get me to try psychedelics. Like to like when one of my friends tells me that he'll he will literally give me an eighth grams of mushrooms measured out into microdoses because he says I, he's like I swear to you it will help with your anxiety. Not for me to trip and get high. He's like he said it will help with your anxiety. And I and I've been so close to considering it. I'm just afraid of getting into trouble. You know what I mean? Okay, I, I, I got a question about this. I got a question about this. All right. So these 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 mushrooms that people take mm-hmm. that that for these trips. What kind of mushrooms are those? Like psilocybin. What they're called. Okay. What do they look like? And where are they found? I don't know. I mean, usually they're found in cow shit, like cow manure, like in cow, like in the cow. I've seen that. Some- I've seen that. Yeah, yeah. So you go foraging for mushrooms. And, Sometimes uh, they'll actually grow out, like right in the center of the of of the of yeah. the uh, cow turd, the cow patty. Yeah, my friend Thomas last night was telling me he's like, dude, they say microdose because my friend uh, Terrell's trying to get me to microdose for anxiety. So I was telling my friend Thomas about it because I know he likes psychedelics. He's like, dude, microdosing's cool, but you may not need to do that. And I said, what do you, what do you mean? He's like. Maybe for your first time, because I've never done it before. It's like, if you take it your first time and you go on a, a trip, like a strong trip, uh, he's like, dude, you might come out of the, the other side kind of cured. He's like, he's like, dude, once you, he's like, man, once you like see that there's no reason to harm, harm to anyone, including yourself. And like, why would you, you know, why would you want to go out of your way to hurt anyone or, that live untruthfully and you realize that everything's all love and that everyone's your friend until they give you a reason not to be your friend. He's like, dude, you feel so much better. And, and then Terrell today, he, he was at the crawfish boil and he was on edibles, mushrooms, and he hit a vape pen and he was sitting there talking to me about like anxiety. And he was like, you know, whenever you feel bad about yourself, uh, see, it all starts with your childhood when you're like eight years old. You have these bad feelings about yourself, you know, cause like you didn't know how to process your emotions. So that sticks with you. So then whenever you fail as an adult or you feel like you fail as an adult, you tell yourself, oh, you're not good enough. You're no good. It's just you, you're saying that to your eight year old self. Why would you say that to an eight year old? And I'm just sitting there like, cool, man. <laughs> I'm trying to eat these crawfish. <laughs> I mean, he makes sense. He makes sense. It does make sense. But it's, I feel like you probably have to actually do go through the mushroom trip to understand that. 
You know what I mean? And he's kind of a bad example as far as like helping for anxiety because he's a waiter and I see him get very anxious, very, very flustered very quickly. <laughs> I don't know if he's, he's a I, waiter. Say, I don't know. He doesn't know how to wait. <laughs> he, well, he, he had an eight top of like prom kids the other day and the salad lady went to go pee and he was like, where's, where's, where's she at? Where's she at? And he's like freaking out. I'm like, dude, chill out, man. And this was the, that was his first table at night. It was five. It was, we'd only been open for 30 minutes. Yeah. He was already like, man, I just, <sighs> so, I mean, he's cool most of the time, but I, don't, I mean, he doesn't do shrooms every day is a thing, but I've seen him on just like a microdose of shrooms. And he seems like the most normal person ever. Because even like when he's sober, he, he's he's a little weird. Anyway, all right, one more. We'll do one more. Give me another number. Twenty-one. Twenty-one. All right. This one's going to be interesting. What would you rather? Be alone for the rest of your life, or always be surrounded by annoying people. <laughs> mm-hmm. That's hard because anybody, anyone, and everyone can be annoying. So that's what I'm saying. Like, are these people? Is every single person I encounter annoying? Yes, basically, yes. Every everybody that you are dealing with in your life is going to be annoying. Um, that would include my kids. So, yeah, but then I don't want to be alone. Like, I mean, I never get to see anybody ever. Like, I'm on a, like a, yeah. It just means I'm single. Oh, no, I have to, I really right, do. It, it, didn't, it doesn't specify. I'm just going to well, say, I'm just going to assume that they say that you're going to be alone, meaning that you, Maybe I don't know. Maybe it's alone in your household for the rest of your life versus being around a bunch of annoying people in your household. It could okay. be that. I could take being alone in my household for the rest of my life, but not necessarily like not being able to ever interact with anyone ever again. But that's not annoying. That's yeah. not a good. That's not a good one. Just do another one. I don't like okay. that one. Uh, do you pick a number? This one. Okay. Uh, oh. Number 50. Would you rather create history or delete it? See, God, man, that's another hard one because we don't have specifics on that. Like, delete, like, delete parts of my history. But see, no, there's just this thing. Any, like, any history, any history. It's like you can either create any kind of history or delete any history. Uh, change it, yeah. You would delete it? What would you delete? No, 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 like create, well, create, I guess, well, I, I, I said create as, as change. You said change because, as create? Yeah, yeah, as create. So it's like, I'm not taking anything away. Uh, I would create, uh. So, so what would you be famous? What would you be historical for? Me? Uh. Oh man, that's. See now, because now you're saying it was me who would create the history. Like, well, like I mean, that's what like, it says. That, would you rather create history or delete it? 
yeah, I'd rather create history, and as long as it's something like either that something that contributed to society or was heroic or anything that would leave a good legacy for my children, you know, for people to be like, hell yeah, I knew that guy. Anything that would get like a statue of me built or like something like some like a memorial named after me or something like that. And I don't care what it was, whether I like saved a bus full of kids or something or if I invented something or, you know what I mean? Or if I, anything like that. As as long as it was a good thing, you know, something that people would be proud of me for, I would rather do that than, than change. Because I feel like if I did something that was monumental, that would change history, create something great, then I feel like that could at least overshadow any of the dumb shit I've done in my life. It'd make up for it, <laughs> at least. By creating that history, you would kind of, in a sense, be deleting some of the bad history that you created. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, it's all about Wait, well, it's all we'll about balance. To that. Okay, yeah, well, yeah. Did this, so let's forgive him for all the yeah. other dumb shit he did. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All yeah. right. So I would rather do this that. is this is you would rather create. So this is going to be the last topic of the night because we've been going at this is the longest I've podcasted in a while for an hour, over an hour, and then. Uh, I gotta go to bed because I have to get up really yeah, I'm hungry tomorrow. I'm hungry so, again. Um, earlier on at the beginning, uh, when we were talking, uh, I don't know what we, we were talking about, and uh, you brought up raw dogging and and all this. Um, would you? Would, would not, is this is not a would, would you rather? But have you uh, or would you lower your standards just to get laid? I mean, who hasn't? But at the same time, here's the thing is that, like, I'd be like, ah, I, I can find, here's the thing is that, and this is what my ex-wife used to be worried about, is like, she's like, you don't have a type. Because I can be attracted to somebody's energy, the way that somebody carries himself, or the way that we interact. You know, I could I be like, you're not somebody who I physically normally would be attracted to, but I could be attracted to your energy. and Or somebody could be super hot, and be like, man, she's hot, but then she'll say something and show me a part of her personality that I don't like. And now I just, I won't even find her attractive anymore. It just will totally kill it. Like, materialistic yeah. women, anyone who's materialistic or who pays attention to, like, oh, that brand of this, like, I, it's an absolute turn off for me. I'm like, ugh, no, I don't, I don't care if you threw it at me, I'm not going to take you home. It's it's something uh, I don't know what it is. It's I'm not easily turned off by that because I know I'm so I know some people like name brand stuff. And that doesn't bother me because I'm that well, I mean that's if they're No, like I mean I understand that. It, yeah. But if they're obsessed with it where oh at all costs to you, I, I gotta have that purse or that pair of shoes and Well not even just to me, me, but some not even that to me, but somebody who feels like they're better because they have nice things, you know what I mean, or I, the way that somebody treats people, like, like on a first date, you always see how how she treats the servers or so whatever. Like if you're high ma- high maintenance, picky, uh, somebody who's always complaining, definitely all 
huge turnoffs for me. Like, how do you treat people in the service industry? How do you just treat people in general? Are you courteous? Like, are you conscientious? Like, they did the Bronx Tale, the whole door test where, you know, if you open the door for her and if you walk around and she doesn't unlock it for you, you know what I mean? She's she's all about herself. Like, like selfish people, people who don't try to... I think because I live so selfishly for so long, I don't want to be around somebody like that anymore. Like, I don't want to be around anybody who's going <laughs> to constantly disregard <laughs> other people's feelings. You've had enough with yourself. Yeah. I mean, I think... Yeah. I'm, I'm, sure. I'm just going to be selfish for the both of us. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, lowering your standards. Yeah. Or, or if you like just or have you a good conversation with somebody, I've just been like, yeah, good conversation. Yeah. This is like, it's, I can be intellectually stimulated. But if you don't have a type, does that mean that you don't have standards? No. I think my standards would be. Um, lower, well, you know what? No, actually, no. Cause I'm not gonna go, I already said, lowering my standards would be going against my turnoffs. So like I said, not lowering my standards physically, but lowering my standards as a person, no. I would lower my standards for what I find attractive physically, yes. But, so if you, if you as a person, chick, if you met this hot chick and, and she was a turnoff because she was all draped at Gucci, and that's all she talked about. But then it was yeah, because then she would just annoy me. She would just annoy me. But if it was and just going to be a one night stand, it doesn't matter. Worry right? about it. Just she's going to talk. She's going to talk. Like I, I can imagine like driving from the bar to her place, and she's just like, oh my god, blah, 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 blah. and like I just get the fuck out of here. Like I, I cannot. Uh huh. Uh huh. Nope. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. I've done uh-huh. it before, but never again. Because it's not worth it. Because usually they're also going to bother you later on. And a lot of those women, a lot of them like that, who are constantly worried about materialistic, also mismanage their money. So, like, I once hooked up, and I talked about this today, because we were playing this game called WTF. It's like, have you paid for sex? And I was like, well, not really, but, like, I've hooked up with girls, and they'll be, like, the next day or, like, a couple of days later, they'll hit me up and be like, um... Hey, can you pay for this? Like, hey, can, like, they'll send me, like, a cash app request for, like, $50. Be like, hey, I just need to get an oil change. And I'm like, what? Oh, so because, because they gave it up, they, they, they think that you would be willing to pay for something for them? I feel like that's almost the same thing as whenever guys pay for the date and expect to have sex. It's kind of the same where the girl's like, well, we had sex, so I expect you to do something for me. Uh, not quite. I think it's, I, I mean, it's not the same, but it's, I think it's the same logic where they put sex equally, like, oh, I can get something. Like, like for the guy, he's like, I'm going to pay for this meal because so I can get this. Or she's like, oh, I'm going to have sex with him because then maybe I can just add him to this list of guys that do things for me. Because there are a lot of women who, who, and I've met some before and I know some and, you know, if you can get free shit, go for it, whatever. But, so you hooked up with a chick and she tried to get an oil change out of you? No, it wasn't. I mean, I can't remember what it was, but it's been more than no. one where a girl just hit me up for money because, like, we've hooked up before. And I'm like, so like, or, huh? Did you pay? I mean, if it was somebody that I was a friend, if I was actually somebody I was still cool with, and then they usually will pay me back. But it's not, 
if it's just like somebody who's like a one night stand. Also, sometimes like you hook up with a girl like, oh, she was definitely on coke. And then she was like, hey, can you get some? I'm like, bitch, you just want coke money. <laughs> like, I know what you want. Yeah, but when you got hit up, did you pay? Did you send her some money? Uh, once or twice, but not for the ones that were like, I knew that his just goes back to like, I find I know people are lying to me. You know what I mean? If it's if it's a thing where it's like, hey, I need gas or I need this or something like that. Like if I can, if I know that they're being truthful and we're kind of on a level where I know when you're being honest with me, I'll help anybody out. If I can help, like there's a lot of people who help me out. Like if, if people really need help and they don't have a thing, but like when she tries to play it up, like, hey, how are you doing? Oh my God, I was thinking about you. Uh, like that, when you try to dress it up like that, like don't play that game with me. You know, I had this friend, she was a bartender at the bar across the street from my work. And, you know, me and her, like, I've been there alone with her. and We've had really good conversations. And she used to be a stripper, and she's been in the bartending industry for a long time, too. And me and her would go outside and smoke a cigarette, and we'd talk. You know, we have, like, really good conversations. So I thought, okay, we're friends. And then, like, I remember one day, like, it was the day before a big show. I was like, man... I was like, I'm not even going to be able to be over here tomorrow night. And she was like, why? And I was like, I was like, well, I got all these people, yada, yada. She was like, she's like, man, I should call in something, get y'all closed down so all these people could come over here. And I was like, yeah, but they don't have any money. She was like, and she was like, oh, come on. You always have money to spend on me, like tipping her. And I'm like, oh, don't talk to me that way. Like, I was offended that she was trying to like fake flirt with me to keep me, you know what I mean? Like, like, I'm not like, we've had, we're friends. You don't need to talk to me this way. Like I, the second you try to like play games with me, I'm like, nope. That that that, and ever since then, I haven't looked at her the same. I don't talk to her the same anymore. For me, like I said, it's I've I've had I've had to get really. Now I'm like, when people are nice to me, I'm like, what do you want from me? <laughs> like, like I know who my friends are. I'm very, I'm very lucky to have the friends that I have, especially from work and some of the regulars that I have. And these people are constantly checking up on me and like, uh, you know, if I, if I mentioned like, oh, hey, I got this coming up. I'm kind of worried about it. They'll like either like help me out with it, offer to help me out with it or like kind of offer encouragement, like people who actually listen to me. Like when I quit smoking, um, my friend Brent, he's the bartender. When I decided I was going to quit smoking, I tried to bum off of him. And he was like, no. He said, he said, you said you quit smoking. I'm going to hold you to it. I was like, you're right. You're right. Yes, you should. Yeah. So, you know, stuff like that. Like I, I, once I notice that people are constantly having to lie to me or constantly trying to play a game with me or you want to, you just want to get something from me, like I'm I'll cut you off or, Maybe we can still hang out, but I'm not going to trust you. So. All right. I got to go. Me too. I'm hungry now. Uh, I'm thirsty, and I got to get some sleep. Surgery's tomorrow. So. Do you have a surgery tomorrow? Yeah. I thought we had this conversation. What are you getting? I'm having a penis reduction. No, for real. What do you do? The, uh, I'm tired of sitting on it. 
<laughs> All right, for what are you having? Uh, golf? I have a gallbladder. I have a gallbladder taken out. Oh yeah, I forgot you have that tomorrow. All right. Yes. Well, so I'm out for two weeks. We're, we're, yeah. Cool. Anyway. All right, man. I'm gonna roll. That's it. Later. I will talk to you. We need to do this again. I don't. I don't know if I'm gonna be up to podcasting uh, next weekend, but I don't know. We'll just see how my week goes. All right. All right. All right. Bye. Out. Later.